Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I made a promise that the days of scapegoating and bashing our police in Council District 11 were over. It is a lot of money, and I certainly took it, take a gulp as I say that. We have to have a competitive police force. Cops in the city of Los Angeles are getting a big raise, and of course that comes with controversy. We are putting all this money into the wrong system. This is the L.A. Local for August 23rd. I'm Alex Silverman, and we're going to talk on the show today about some thieves who are really the worst of the worst, targeting the elderly. And the tide has turned for the sea lions of L.A. Any excuse to hear that sound. But first, it's the police and their paychecks. Craig Figner covered this vote at City Hall, and Craig, this is not any great shock. Uh, you were counting noses a week ago, and we kind of knew this was going to pass, but what should we take away from it? Well, I think the very big takeaway here is that Los Angeles uh, council members, at least 12 of them, have agreed to spend uh, in, in deficit an enormous amount of money to keep the city of Los Angeles safer, and by that I mean to invest in hiring more police officers. Uh, we, we now know that the current sworn ranks of LAPD are at 8,900. 995. That's the lowest in a decade. And the mayor of Los Angeles said that the city, uh, a city the size of Los Angeles, needs no fewer than 9,504 cops. So that's what she wanted funded in her budget. And that's what council members approved when they voted for the budget, except for council member Eunice Hernandez. She was the only no vote in the budget. But then when it came down to the brass tacks of this labor negotiation, it had to come back to council for final approval. And then you had three council members who said no. And that, that, that of course, included Eunice Hernandez, also Hugo Soto-Martinez, and then Nithya Raman. You yeah. know what was interesting to me in what we heard in the sound bites you used from the no voters? It was not the defund the police rhetoric in large part. It was the budget impact. It was how much this is going to cost. Is that a reflection of the realities of government and governing coming to bear on uh, these council members who got elected on that platform? Well, your question is a great one, and my answer is not going to live up to it with uh, with anything that I can really say with certainty is driving what we did here today. But it was noteworthy to hear these council members not leaning into a defund the police argument, which got them elected, but instead trying to claim this is financially irresponsible to, to pass this. And they did it, all three of them. And it did not resonate with the council members whose minds they were trying to change. So how are we going to pay for this? <laughs> Council member Bob Blumenfield, I've asked him that very question. And he has said that there will have to be some difficult choices to make in the future, including in this budget that's already passed, about future cuts. The money does have to come from somewhere. He has told me repeatedly that we're not a money machine. You know, we only have so much. And so when you go into deficit spending, you have to take it out somewhere. We don't know where that will be yet. So TBD, what's going to have to be cut in order to balance the budget to give the police officers these raises that the majority of council says are desperately needed for public safety. Craig Figner, thank you so much for your coverage on this. Always good to be with you, Alex. 
Latest on the strike now, the studios have released the details of their latest offer to the writers' union. We talked with Michael Schneider of Variety about what that means, and he says that AMPTP strategy is pretty clear. The studios absolutely are hoping that by putting out their terms that there, there will be some friction within the guild and that there will be a movement to settle and that maybe by putting this out that there will be a, a portion of the, the Writers Guild that says this is what they're offering now, this is good, so let's get back to work. Now, will that work? I guess we'll find out in the coming days. Yes, we will. What the Guild says is the studios are still not serious about making a deal. They just want the union to cave. We asked Michael Snyder whether he thinks we're any closer to getting a resolution here. It's hard to be optimistic right now because you, you don't want to get too optimistic and then be disappointed. There have been moments the past couple of weeks where things seem to be heading in the right direction. The, just the fact that they were talking again after not talking for 100 days was a big deal. But you can't get too optimistic just yet. The farther we get into this, the the heavier this weighs on everyone. And both sides are definitely aware now of the real cost to the local economy and you know L.A. workers, uh, both in the industry and out of the industry, now that this has gone on for more than three months. One group we haven't talked a lot about during the strikes is production assistants. Two former PAs turned assistant directors have created a fund that's going to help out PAs that are out of work because of the strikes. Katie Hacker and Andrea Block are arguing that PAs are the lowest paid crew members on these projects in TV and film. And they say once things get back up and running, their paychecks are still going to be a lot smaller than the rest of the crew. It's going to be harder for them to recover. So this fund is going to support them through the strike and when they get back to work. Let's go to Burbank now and the search for two people who are out there targeting elderly shoppers, distracting them, stealing from them, the most vulnerable people in our communities as they're out shopping. Margaret Carrero connected with Sergeant Stephen Turner. He says they think they struck again yesterday. Yesterday, our, our, our victim, 95-year-old uh, female, was shopping at the store and had her purse on her walker, on the handle of the walker. Uh, had her back turned to it. We're still going through some of the evidence, but it appeared that one of the suspects removed it, set it aside, and the other suspect came back around and, and picked it up. What is your message to the community? You know, sometimes we have to look out for each other. I would say to your neighbors, if you see somebody in, 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 in at a grocery store or a Target or something uh, something similar, you know, remind them. You see them, like, walk away from their cart with their purse or bag or wallet or backpack or whatever on it. Kind of remind them, you know, this is stuff's going on. You might want to keep an eye on it. We've got pictures of these suspects up on knxnews.com, just in case you've seen these people. Reggie Bush is suing to get his Heisman back. He says the NCAA defamed him by saying that his Heisman was taken away because he was involved in a pay-to-play arrangement. He called that totally untrue. And it's unfortunate that that hard work that was put in, that was built not only by me, coaches, teammates, we all helped build this thing here. It's unfortunate that it was all torn down so easily with no factual evidence behind any of these claims. Reggie Bush's lawyers say it is past time for the NCAA to reinstate him, given that things have changed now. College athletes are allowed to make money from endorsement deals. Things are looking up for the sea lions. We told you over the past couple of months about the toxic algae that had been killing them and they were washing up on shore and the sea lion rescue places were full. Well, Emily Valdez went out to San Pedro because we heard that the news was getting better. 
Those are the sounds of healthy sea lions that are going to be released. I'm here at the Marine Mammal Care Center in San Pedro. They rescued about 100 of these mostly female sea lions from the demoic acid, the toxic algae bloom that we had. It lasted about six weeks, and they were just swamped. They had so many animals. Uh, it cost $500,000 to care for them all. They're still treating a few, but they are releasing them. They've released about 40. They have 30 here. I'm looking at some right now that are in the release pen. They're active. They're cruising around. They're wanting their fish, and they are ready to go. The demoic acid has dissipated from the ocean. Uh, that's a good thing. They're still really unclear exactly what caused it, but it does make the female sea lions very sick. Unfortunately, they lost about 38% of the animals. They just couldn't save them. But on the good side, they saved so many lives, so many of these animals that likely wouldn't have made it if they hadn't intervened. It was really sad to just see them washed up on the beach like that, but uh, glad things are getting better. The, the Marine Mammal Care Center is still looking for donations because this cost them half a million dollars to treat all these six sea lions. You know, it's what they do, but they need some donations to help pay for it. Well, that's the L.A. Local for August 23rd. If you want to give us some feedback, LA Local at knxnews.com. And to catch up anytime, 97.1 FM if you're in the LA area, ask your smart speaker to play KNX News or get the Odyssey app and just search KNX News. It is that easy. And if you like what you're hearing here on the LA Local, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because that will really uh, help us grow and reach more people. We appreciate you listening. Back for another one tomorrow. I'm Alex Silverman. See you.